All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan, and welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm here today with Miranda Martz. Miranda is a pre-apprenticeship coordinator for the Manufacturers Association. She started as a journey person machinist and is committed to the manufacturing industry. Miranda, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, share with us a little bit about your background and what led you ultimately to committing to your manufacturing career. So it's definitely an interesting journey. It's not one that a lot of people, a lot of people like listening to my journey because it's very odd. So I grew up in a place called Hanover, Pennsylvania, which is the snack capital of the world. But I actually, when I was younger, grew up wanting to work on cars for a living. I worked with my dad on the weekends. I actually went underneath the car with him. He showed me uh, how a car worked and stuff. So I grew up with a bunch of mechanics. So that's where I kind of got into loving working on machines and with machinery. Even at an age, I didn't even know what it was. So I started there um, in high school. I never really did good in high school. That four-year college degree thing, I didn't think was for me either. I never even thought I would graduate high school. I worked in, I went to a place called Mannheim Central. So it was very ag-centric school. So that was kind of what I was either pushed towards, going to ag or going to a four-year college and getting a four-year college degree. Um, And I actually met my counselor maybe once or twice. And that was kind of odd to me to like, you know, pick a career for the rest of my life. I thought I'd talk to them. Um, So they didn't really know me well, but they knew I wanted to work on cars. So I went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh for industrial design technology. And I did the auto track. And it's no surprise probably, but I was the only female to do that. So that had its own challenges, but unfortunately I was there for a year and it got too expensive because I ended up paying for it myself and I ended up having to drop out. It just wasn't something that was for me. And I found that the four-year college life wasn't for me and it was way too expensive. I couldn't pay for it. So I came home and I got a job immediately, but it was at a gas station. So I worked there like three years and I knew I needed to do something like it wasn't something that I could that could sustain me for the rest of my life. I needed more money. And so I started looking into different things and was offered a job by a friend at the time at a place called Electron Energy Corporation. And they're in Landisville. And I went on to be a sun and hone operator. So that was my very first machine was a honing machine and it makes like precision holes. And from there, I just became a machinist three. I worked up through the company. I I learned one machine after another. It was like it clicked and it was like, okay, this is what I meant to do. This is like, I'm really good at it. It was a way for me to express myself. And then I just wanted more and more and more. And I just over five years gathered enough information to be a machinist three at the company. And then after five years, I moved on in my career into the CNC machining world. And I got exposed. Um, My first machine was a Haas CNC. I took CNC classes one through level one through three with Haas, the programming classes and the turning classes on the lathes, level one and two. 
and I went to a company called Tate Towers. Um, a lot of people know them as Rock Lidditz, but they do staging for the entire world. They're the largest staging company in the world. And I went into their machine shop and I learned on one of their CNCs. And it was just kind of the same thing as it was at EEC. I just learned I was on one machine and I just couldn't get enough. And I loved it. I started showing them that I could run two machines at a time and that I could set up the machines and then programming the machines. And then uh, within the six years that I was at that company, I became a lead machinist, their first shift lead machinist. Again, I was the only woman in the machine shop for them. So that came with its own challenges. But it was it was great. I got to custom make things and really express myself in that way. So after that, uh, I got the opportunity. That's when I got the opportunity to become a journeyman or a journey person machinist. I uh, was offered to go to school through them. And I did my apprenticeship at the Manufacturers Association. And I, I did. I finished my journeymanship of 2020, June of 2020. And then I got offered the position of helping to teach their CNC classes uh, at the Manufacturers Association at night. So I help uh, the teacher, his name is Bob Mattern, uh, teach CNC level one, two, and three in the evenings. And I really enjoyed that. And I kind of got immersed into the teaching realm and um, the training realm a little more. So I would do that a little bit at Tate, but I really got into it when I would teach at nighttime, the adult classes, and I really enjoyed it. And they had an opening for a pre-apprenticeship coordinator. And I didn't really know what that was at this time, but I found out that it was helping to teach kids and it was helping them learn the trades. And which is something that I wish I had when I was growing up or had somebody to look up to me and be like, look, you know, what you want to do isn't stupid. It's not dumb. And it's, it's worth the same as a four-year college degree if you want to be an apprentice. And I didn't really know what machining was until my late 20s and manufacturing. And, and to me, it would just open up my world and it would have been a different way for me to get here. But I really, it really called me because it, it's really a passion of mine to, you know, help kids and, and guide them into manufacturing and, and into the trades, if that's something they're interested in. Well, and it's such an interesting journey. And I want to just break down a couple parts of it, because when people are listening to the show, you are exactly who they want. Somebody who is passionate about it, who loves it, who takes on the extra responsibilities to learn all the machines, who um, decides to take the extra step to go into the journey person program, you know, everything that you are showing initiative. And yet in a culture where we're looking for, you know, more women to get into the trades, I know you had your share of trouble So, and not getting into a ton of detail, but if somebody is, again, listening to the show and looking for ways that they can connect not only with more females to bring them into uh, manufacturing and into uh, machining, but once they get there, what would be, what kind of of treatment or respect did you expect? Well, I definitely, well, I kind of grew up with it knowing that if we, we all know that discrimination exists because if, if it didn't exist, we wouldn't be talking about it. I knew kind of what I was getting myself into at the same time, I had to learn to shut that all out, not listen to what they're saying and what they're believing. I had to believe in my instincts as a person and know what was right for me. 
believe in myself, you know, and knew know where I was going not to condone or like stand for the disrespect is something that like, I wish I would have known when I first started, you know, I have my own views and my own opinions and it doesn't matter who I am or what I look like. It's how I do my job and how professional I am. And, and if somebody doesn't appreciate that, then, you know, maybe that's not the company for me and that's not the company culture. And I'm sure that's not how the company wants them to react. So if you're ever in that situation, maybe, you know, think about what's best for you, you know, and I, I think a lot of women try and please other people. That's just, I know I did when I was younger, it was just like, oh, I want to fit in. I want to be part of this mold or like, I have to be this to fit into this and you can be yourself, you know, and you really it, empowered women, empower women. And that's kind of why I went into this trade. And, and I keep that in the back of my mind because you only need that one person. If you, if you need that little bit of confidence or you need that little bit of push, there's that one person that you can go and talk to that gives you that confidence and like, look, you are doing a great job. You know, like you don't have to go above and beyond or do 10 times more work or to try and prove yourself because what you're doing you're proving yourself already. Just focus on yourself, focus on the good job that you're doing and, and try your best. That's what I don't want. I hate when people think of other people's opinions, make them their reality. Like you are your own person. You know, what's best for you. Don't let other people's opinions or people bring you down for who you are, because I've been there and I know it happens. And I know the horrible things people can say to you and try and do to you to trick you, to make you think that you're not worthy or you're not good enough, but all of that's crap. (laughs) And I wish I would have came into that knowing that as a younger person, but that's something, especially in my class, being a pre-apprenticeship coordinator and having so many kids and talking to these kids and especially the young girls in the class having them having such an open environment where they can just be open and tell me, you know, what are you facing? And just like, I'll wear a pink jumpsuit in the class as well, because the machine doesn't care what I look like. As long as I'm giving it what it needs, it's going to produce what I want it to produce. So that's just something really huge for me. Well, and we also think about the fact of it's not necessarily, especially in today's market with the labor shortage that we have of looking for somebody with all of the experience, but what you want is that passion, that desire to learn and male or female or anything else, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's looking for that person who has the commitment, who loves what they do and seeing that that passion, because you can always train on the skills. Right. And we, we also want to get away from being uh, away from judgments when it comes to what a woman can do versus what a man can do in a machine shop environment. I've heard it time and time again in the welding industry, which is where I come from, that you know, women actually make better welders. Absolutely. Know? Well, they're but, more oh, detail oriented, for yeah. sure. Like they're, they're more dexterous with their hands. You know, I, I hear it all the time from our member companies. You know, we, we're a nonprofit. We run from our members and we're here for the community. And they say, you know, we just want our workers to show up and show up on time. Those are like the two big asks by all these companies. And it's not like, oh, we need more men. We need more women. Like, it's not that they, they just need people. 
there's this huge crisis. I mean, and I'm going to call it a crisis because by 2030, we're going to have 3 million open manufacturing jobs worldwide. I want kids and young people and even women or anybody really that doesn't think that they can do it, that there's so many different things in manufacturing that they can do. I think there's a, a common misconception about manufacturing and about machining that it's a dirty, dusty environment on air conditioned. And yeah, there might be a shop or two around that's like that. But if you go and you walk around these manufacturing facilities now, they're super clean, they're bright, they're well lit, they're air conditioned, and they're automated. It's right. just something it's- that I want people to understand. And so, and I think the other really important part you you talked about is being a pre-apprenticeship and working with kids. Right. Now, there's so many people that they wait until kids get out of high school or they get out of college or they go to tech school, where when you can get kids at an earliest age as possible, using things like manufacturing day to go into the schools or to have tours, to work with the guidance counselors, to bring them so that they can walk into a clean, like you said, clean air conditioned, you know, automated shop. It's not like it was when I was in the welding industry, which it was everything your mother ever warned you about. And a lot of people still have that preconceived notion. So talk to talk about that a little bit as far as your introduction. How are you awakening that passion? What are you having conversations with, particularly with the girls that you have coming through the program? How can you, how do you inspire them to follow in your footsteps? I think, well, especially for the girl thing, seeing me there, you know, seeing me hearing about my journey, knowing that there's somebody that's been in the industry that looks like them and has been through the things that they're going through, just somebody, like I said, um, having somebody to talk to about it is, is really, really huge. And having that representation is huge. But we do, I try my best in the classroom. I have to, I try to identify with the kids. Like I'm a big kid myself. <laughs> I know you can't see it in the back, but I have a 3D printer. Like I just, I really love, I do have a passion for what I do. I love making things and conceptualizing things. And I kind of see that in the kids, you know, I see kids that want to get involved and get their hands dirty and, and make things. And I allow them the freedom to do that. I allow them the freedom to, even if they don't like it, tell me if they don't like it, but being in a pre-apprenticeship, that's the whole point of having a pre-apprenticeship is to take up and pipeline into an apprenticeship and telling them and giving them that line of success and saying, like, if you don't want to go to a four-year college, that's okay. You know, it's okay to not take that quote unquote traditional path. And I want that to be gotten rid of. I don't want somebody to think that if they go to a trade school, that they are less of a person or less of whatever than somebody that goes to college, because that was a preconceived notion, especially that I had. But I do try and integrate all the manufacturing companies. There's 2,500 in South Central Pennsylvania. And we have over 400 companies that we work with that are members. And I try and encourage them to come and talk to the kids. They do. They come and talk to the kids. We take tours. I try and get them internships when they graduate high school through a program. It's a two-year program or a two-season program. And they get immersed in like introductory things that these companies need. And we did ask the companies what they did need or what they're looking for and people that they're hiring. So we do lean 
lean intro to lean with the kids and solid works. And I like using the solid works because we make a race car with the kids and they get to make their own models and they get the hands-on experience, but we try and make it as fun as possible and as relevant to them as possible so that they're like, okay, yeah, this is actually fun. And then when they grow older, they get to to think and say, yeah, I could be an engineer or I could make this or I can do that. And that is the best feeling. Like that is what gets me through to the next season and the next kids is just like seeing their faces light up when they hold something that they made. And I can kind of see myself in them because it was something that really when I first made my first thing, I knew how it made me feel. And that just kind of gave me the fuel to just want to keep going. So now it's me saying the kids do that. So uh, it came full circle for me. So that that's the most awesome part. And how, what kind of conversations have you had with the parents of the kids that are attending this? And again, guidance counselors in schools to let them know that this is a viable career path and a great alternative to a traditional college path. Schools now are so much, I'm going to say in that respect, in that regard, better. When I went to school, like I said, I only saw my counselor like twice. But now they have what are called CTE teachers, and they really do help with getting kids involved in after school activities or even during school, like pre-apprenticeship things to actually get them immersed into something that they would like uh, in a career. And I think one of the biggest hurdles for me, as you were saying about the parents, the parents can be a little difficult at times trying to get them to change their mind because, you know, manufacturing was the way it was when they were younger and they, you know, it was not a dirty word, but it wasn't the most ideal thing. And they want their kids to have a better life than them, obviously, and go to college. And But they don't understand how lucrative it can be. They don't understand like what manufacturing actually is now and the modern manufacturing that we have now and logistics. And, you know, you can go and drive for Walmart and make a hundred thousand dollars a year, which just blows my mind, but it's just, it's evolved so much. And I think it's just a a common misconception uh, that manufacturing, machining, welding, as, as you can say, CNC machining, all of those different areas are so antiquated and it's not, it's there. It's so different. And I would just love, I would love to take the parents with me, with the kids into these company tours. Cause it would like open up their eyes to like the way the things are now. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and actually that's not a bad idea. Right. <laughs> just, right. And, you know, maybe having a family day instead of just a, a kid's day where Absolutely. mom or dad could come because then they would be a lot more open to supporting that. Because I, I think about that, too, with, you know, you can either go to a four year college and be paying off your student debt for the next 30 years, basically making a house payment, or you can go to a tech school, become an apprentice, have minimal debt, be making a great living. And more than that, uh, when you leave work, you leave work. You're not thinking about it and answering emails all hours of the day and night and all of that additional stress that comes with it. But it's, it's really opening up the, the eyes of the parents to let them know that their kids can have every bit as good of a life and Absolutely. better because of the money that they can make. Yeah. The, um, an apprenticeship is four years. It's just like a traditional school, like right. a college. And I did, I worked 
And that's the, the beauty about an apprenticeship is that your company sponsors you. So you don't have to put up the money for an apprenticeship. So it, it can help, you know, people that are underserved as well. I know I didn't have the money to even do one year of college, let alone four. So I was working and I was making money. My company was sponsoring me and they were paying for my classes and my books at the time. So I didn't have to pay for that. And then every six months, I know in our model with the state, they we get a, a raise. You're supposed to get a 6% raise or as a percentage of your pay every six months. So it is, it's a big bonus to be an apprentice and it really is good for you and your career. And if you want to further your career and make good money, you can do that without having to go to college. When I think about too, what you said about the companies that get involved, because again, a lot of my programs and on previous podcasts, you know, you talk about the fact that when you as a business owner get involved with a local JVS, a community college, tech school, apprentice program, manufacturers, uh, manufacturers association in your area, number one, uh, you can you get to know the kids. So if they're going to work for somebody, it's like they're going to work with somebody that they know. So you actually have pre-access mm-hmm. before they graduate. You can help design the program. So basically create the exact students with the exact skills that you want. So what are you seeing as far as companies getting involved? How are they getting involved? What are they doing? And what are some of the success stories that you've seen from companies that do take advantage of that? Yeah. So we, like I said, we all, we encourage the companies to come and talk to the kids. So during our lunch hour, we have them come in and, and they can bring swag if they want to. But the kids really, if you would ask them what manufacturing is, they really have no idea. And it's sad. So I just, I talked, I went to Hershey and actually talked to five, uh, fifth graders to eighth graders about manufacturing, trying to get them. And it, and it is, you got to start young, get them even just to know what manufacturing is to even see if they'd be interested. But yeah, I have the companies come in and talk to the kids. We take tours through the companies every year at the kickoff of our set. We do a kickoff celebration at one of our companies. So we have a big party for the pre-apprentices before we, we start. We take, like I said, tours, but then we also do job shadowing. If they want to, they can take a, a kid and do job shadowing. We do um, placements and mock interviews. We do internships at the companies as well. That's also part of my job as a pre-apprenticeship coordinator is to see where these kids really shine and place them at one of the companies that would best fit them. Like plenty of our companies have welding, you know? So if a kid wants to do welding, then I introduce them to those companies. And if they do an internship, part of the grants that we get, we do use a school to work grant that we get that funds me as the pre-apprenticeship coordinator also funds some money to actually sponsor a student at a company. So, you know, there's many, many ways that the companies can get involved uh, with the kids. And I encourage them, the kids to go and talk to the companies as well. And they also, they have access to the kids whenever they want to speak to them. And you mentioned that you are in Pennsylvania and where you are, there's 2,500 manufacturers. Yeah, we are in South Central Pennsylvania. We're located, Manufacturers Association is located in York, PA, but within the 10 counties of South Central PA, we have over 2,500. Yeah. Okay. And is a manufacturers association, I'm assuming that all states have a similar association? They do. Yeah, they do. And parts of the state, they all have their own manufacturers association. Yep. 
Okay. So getting involved with that would be one of the best things to, to just look it up in your state and absolutely. see how you can start getting involved. Yeah, absolutely. Like if anybody wants to get involved with the Manufacturers Association, they're nonprofit organizations and they work with their members, you know, and they're, like I had said before, they're there for the community. Now we do trainings, we do apprenticeships, we do pre-apprenticeships, but we do HR training as well. So there's all different kinds of training and we just support manufacturing hundred percent. And what age does pre-apprenticeship start with? So our model, because pre-apprenticeships uh, around the state or in different states could mean different things, but our model, right. we take anywhere from 10th to 12th graders, even ninth graders, because it is a two-year okay. session and we take them for two it's two years. So it runs around the same time as the school year and they get half a credit for it as well in the schools. So we're really lucky that our schools support our program so much. Right, right. Well, yeah. there has, there's just been so much information that people listening to today, as far as making sure that you're looking for that passion, uh, creating a safe environment, no matter what gender the person is and looking for that passion, starting earlier when it comes to recruiting, getting involved with your local manufacturing association, the plant tours, along with bring your family to work day. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Out, out of all the things, if somebody is listening to this podcast and wants to do one thing to get started with anything that we've talked about, what would be your best tip? That would be get involved and change the narrative of manufacturing to honestly, because if any, any little bit of help can, is help, like any little bit you can help. And if you want to, you know, help with if you work in a manufacturing place yourself, maybe talking to your supervisor about, you know, having pre-apprentices come in or opening up to kids. I remember going to take your daughter to work with day with my dad. And that was something that really exposed me into manufacturing and, and seeing how things worked. And, you know, that really sparked me as well. So maybe talking to your supervisor or maybe starting your own sort of program within your company, that would be great. And like I said, just support all around. Yeah. And we have a great excuse every first Friday in October with Manufacturing Day. And I know the website has lots of you know tips and ideas to do that too. So if you're not sure how to get started, at least there's lots and lots of guidance out there between the Manufacturing Association's Manufacturing Day website. And like you said too, your local uh, community and tech schools and colleges too. Oh yeah, absolutely. So if somebody did have uh, questions and wanted to continue the conversation with you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of me uh, at my email or they can call my number. So my email is mmarts at mascpa.org or you can call the Manufacturers Association um, at 717-843-3891. Okay. Well, Miranda, it has been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks so much for being here. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's been awesome. Sure. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks 
just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you. 